Quick question for you. Are you a Federal Access member yet? If you're a government contractor, you need a Federal Access account. You can get started today with a free membership. Just visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Free members get access to about 20 documents and templates as well as our video training playbooks. More importantly, this gets you in the RSM Federal ecosystem and makes you part of our community. So go grab your free account today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's hop into this episode. The big question is this, if government contracting is supposed to be so easy, why do so many companies fail to win even a single contract while others dominate the market? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. In today's episode, you go one-on-one with best-selling author and master business coach Michael Lejeune to learn exactly how to take your government contracting business to the next level. Welcome to another edition of Game Changers for Government Contractors. Today, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, and that topic is ghosting. A lot of what I'm talking about today comes right out of my partner, Josh Frank's book, An Insider's Guide to Winning Government Contracts. In chapter three, Josh goes in depth on ghosting. This is probably one of the most popular topics that Josh ever teaches about, does webinars about, and it's one of my favorite topics. The heart of ghosting is that it's used to help you separate yourself and your capabilities, your differentiators from your competition. I always say you've probably heard the phrase, man, this RFP looks like it was wired for somebody. And the truth is it was. It was because there's not one, not two, but probably dozens of companies that have spent years whispering in the ear of contracting officers and program managers and all those kind of people that are involved in the acquisition to say, hey, you know what? When you're doing this acquisition, you should have this requirement and this requirement and that requirement and this certification and this type of clearance and all these different little things. And why are they doing that? Those are all things that they check the box of, hey, we do this. They all. That's why when it comes out, you go, man, this looks like it was wired for this company. Because it was. They've spent the time doing the hard work on the front end to make sure when that RFP comes out, there's as many of those things in it as possible. So let me start off today by giving you what our definition of ghosting is. Ghosting is positioning the value of your capabilities and differentiators in such a way to marginalize your competition. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, you want to do that so that when that RFP comes out, it not only looks like it's wired for you, if other companies don't have the same certifications, statuses, past performance, uh, you know, capabilities, differentiators, whatever it may be, if they don't have those things, they're going to have a hard time competing against the requirements that are in the RFP while you are going to excel at responding to that RFP. RFP. That's that's it. That's the whole purpose of using ghosting. Now, today I am going to talk about ghosting from the perspective of pre-acquisition. You can also do ghosting during acquisition. Believe it or not, you can actually tell the government during the Q&A period, hey, here are things you need to change about this RFP that's on the street and why, and there are ways to convince them to do it in your favor. We're not going to talk about that today. I'll talk about that in a future episode of Game Changers. 
changer. So for today, we're talking pre-acquisition. So what does that mean? Number one, it means having conversations with your buyers and with other influencers at that organization. So program managers, contracting officers, you're also looking for any of the other grassroots level type of people, you know, end users, different things like that. Anybody that's an influencer for this type of product or service, that's who you're looking to talk to. You're looking to whisper in their ears, get a white paper in front of them, do a capabilities brief, whatever it may be to say, hey, I know you guys are trying to solve this challenge that's coming out. And when you do, here are the things you need to look for. So that's a very simplified version of that. But there's all kinds of meetings that you can have. You can rub elbows at conferences. You can go to industry days. You can just pick up the phone and talk to these people. You can put stuff on LinkedIn. There's all kinds of ways to influence them and in their mind, what's important to include in an RFP. Now that's informal. The formal way to do this is through RFIs. So requests for information come out where the government says, hey, we're thinking about an acquisition. Here's a bunch of questions we have. Give us your input. And most people, when they're responding to the RFIs, only respond to the questions the government asks. And that's where your biggest mistake is. You should not only respond to those questions, you should actually ask additional questions or pose additional questions to them, as well as give Give them additional information. This is not like an RFP where you're limited to what you can tell the government. In an RFI, it's wide open. Not only that, did you know that you can respond to an RFI after it's closed? Let's say it closes on Monday and you don't even find out about it till Friday. I would call the contracting officer and say, hey, I just found out about this. Is it okay if I go ahead and submit something to you? They're always going to say yes. You can still do it. And But I give the phone call just to give them a heads up that it's coming coming. And you say, hey, I'll have this to you on Monday. And you submit it. And it has your extra stuff because typically the government may ask a dozen or two dozen questions, but there's a lot of things that they're not asking. And so those are things we're going to get into here in just a minute. But I just wanted to, to, to tell you that that is the main place you're going to influence, formally influence an acquisition is through RFIs, sources sought, different things like that. The informal is the conversations that you have with all those influencers, regardless of where or how you have that conversation. Now, here's a question I know you're thinking about right now. What are some things that I can or should ghost? So let me start with the first one and talk about certifications. So certifications are a big one, whether they are technical, education, or maybe it is a degree level. There was a a client of ours recently that they were actually the incumbent on something and they had they wanted this requirement to be a PhD level person with 10 years experience in this particular field and they said look here's the cool thing there are only three of these people in the world and two of them work for us So, you know, if they put this as the requirement, the odds are we're going to win this repeat again. You know, there's almost no way because the other person is employed somewhere else. You know, they're a faculty member somewhere. They're not going to wind up doing this. So it's going to be impossible for anybody to get this person. So that's that's an example there of uh, education being something that they need to to require on this. And it was a position like at CDC and it was something where they were like, hey, this needs to be this type of person because nobody else in the world has the education background in order to do this job properly. And 
and oh, by the way, the cost is very different for this as well. And so that, that's a whole another topic. But it sets that up as well because you're looking at, hey, there's only two or three people in the world that can do this. That is going to go into justifying the rates that they need to justify through this as well. Because the government was going to say, hey, you know, can we get it at a cheaper price? No, you can't get it at a cheaper price. There's only three people in the world and there's only two that are available. So certifications, whether it's technical or education or something like that, that's a big one. Think about what other certifications are required, whether it's Microsoft certifications or AWS or Google or whatever it may be. There's all kinds of different certifications and there's different levels of those certifications when you get into technology. There's different certifications for social workers and not not only that, but designations and that kind of thing. So there's all kinds of different things that you could focus on that shows the level of expertise of the people on your team. And that's one area, literally just one area that you might want to ghost. One of the next one is your socioeconomic status. So you may say, look, here's why this should come out 8A, SDVOSB, WSB, whatever. You know, there's two of us, three of us right here located in the area uh, and make your justification for why it should come out with one of those statuses. Because a lot of times the government just puts this out and that's not part of their strategy or whatever. You can actually ghost, hey, this should come out under one of these statuses and here's why. Part of the justification may simply be you guys are low on your numbers. This will help you exceed them because I know an 8A SDVOSB hub zone, WSB, and now we get to check all those boxes, you know, something along those lines. So there's a lot of reasons for that one. uh, But the most important thing in there is you can ghost socioeconomic status. The next one is NAICS code. You can actually tell the government, hey, I know you were thinking about this NAICS code, or maybe they don't say what NAICS code they're thinking about putting it under, and you want them to put it under a specific NAICS code. Now, if you're a larger company, you want them to put it under a larger NAICS code with a higher threshold, but if you're a smaller company, you may want it to be under a smaller threshold. So let's say that one of your primary NAICS codes is six and a half million dollars in that NAICS code for small business, but your competitors, your primary competitors are all at like 10 and 12 million dollars. If you can convince the government to use the NAICS code that's your primary one at six and a half million, now guess what? Those other people are not going to qualify on this one as a small business because of the NAICS code. So it kicks them out. So there's little things like that of picking the right NAICS code that's to your favor and more appropriate for the acquisition. And so that's just one more. Another one is maybe there's a specific contract vehicle. So you may want it to come out under GSA or something else that's out there. So you can ghost contract vehicles. You can also ghost past performance examples. So, hey, this needs to be three types of past performance examples, and they need to be this size and type because of the complexity and the nature of this project that you're talking about. So you may tell the government, hey, this is going to be a $5 million contract. So the past performance examples, should there should be three, then they should be $5 million or higher. Again, things like that will help you kick out other other comp- uh, things like that will help you kick out other competitors that are smaller than you and don't have that past performance. Location is another good one. So maybe this is a time sensitive type of contract, a services contract, and you need to be within 20 miles of the place of performance or something along those lines. That could be something you ghost. So in fact, let me back up for a minute here and just say this. There's almost nothing you can't ghost. If you consider the, a capability 
capability to be a differentiator for your company, that is something you can and should ghost at some level. If I go back to the very beginning of this, there's two main ways to ghost stuff. Conversations, which are informal, and RFIs, which are more formal. You should be doing it in both and making sure that you are constantly doing this stuff, not just on one contract, but every opportunity you get talking about those differentiators, talking about what makes it uh, important to go with your company versus somebody else. And so these are just important habits that you should have all the time. And I I can't beat that into you enough today. Whether you're having a conversation or you're responding to RFIs, have your list of things you want to ghost. Have that ready to go at all times. So you don't have to go back and think about this. You just have a, a, a predefined list of things that you're trying to constantly ghost with your agencies so that you can try and marginalize your competition so that you can have less competitors when you are approaching an RFP. And if you do this, I guarantee you it is going to help you win some contracts. You're going to be surprised at how how often the government chooses one of those differentiators and that's the thing that allows you to win over somebody else. So as always, if you need anything, please reach out and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash game changers.